Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jacob DeLawrence. We are right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Oh, man. Boy, boy, boy. Woo! So, um, yeah. It happened. UConn suffered a loss. We're here to talk about it. That's right. The Lady Huskies suffered a loss to number six, Baylor. It was a loss at home. There was a bunch of things that happened. We're going to get into that. But before we do, like always, let's just take care of a quick little housekeeping. In case you haven't realized this yet, this may be your first time listening to us. If so, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. We hope you stay around for a while. And if you listen to this every episode and you still haven't done this yet, shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. But nonetheless, I would like everybody to go ahead, like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. We have podcasts. We will travel. If you want us on another podcast provider, please let me know on Twitter. That's at underscore Jake Della. Or let Believe know on Twitter. That's at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V Podcast. And hey, while you're thinking about Believe, go ahead and go to Believe.com. Click on that Shows tab and go ahead and take a look at some of our other shows on the network. I promise you, we have a podcast for almost anything that you could be interested in. As a matter of fact, baseball season's right around the corner. Spring training's about to start soon. Everybody's like, all right, it's baseball season. We're finna get into it. So go ahead and check out some of our baseball podcasts. Why don't you? Matter of fact, we have the Believe in the Angels podcast. We also have a Believe in the Dodgers podcast. Just name a couple of the ones that we have. So go ahead and check those out if you're a fan of either one of those teams. Hey, maybe you get your little early insight. Might want to be able to use it for your fantasy baseball. You might be able to also use it to kind of set your expectations for your team this year. But whatever, however you want to use podcast, that's your that's your choice, your discretion. But go ahead and listen to it, because I promise you it's quality information, because we are the number one podcast network for professionals. We bring you the best of the best, by the best, for the best, and the best in that case is you, the fans, our listeners. We want to give you nothing but the best, and that's what I do here every episode with the Believe in UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. I bring you fresh audio dope. I bring you glorious insights into what goes into the game that we just witnessed and what goes into what's going on. I break things down. I allow myself to make this as open as freely as a podcast form for you, the listener, as possible. And I keep telling you, use the hashtag BelieveUConn, B-L-E-A-V-U-C-O-N-N. And let me know your feedbacks. Or you can do it in the comment page, the comment section on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, tune in. It doesn't matter. Wherever you want to give feedback, let me see it. Let me know what you would like to see more of, hear more of, what you don't like. Any suggestions? Hey, how about you have such and such on? Let me know. I keep trying to tell you. This is our podcast. We are a family here. I may be the host, but this podcast is nothing without you, the listener. 
So again, thank you for listening. If this is your first time, welcome. If you've been here before, strap in. I promise you it's going to be another good episode. And without further ado, let's just get right to it, man. Uh, Yeah, so the final score was 74 to 58. Baylor won. Baylor came into our house. They took our milk and cookies. They went back to Waco. It is what it is. Now, if you're looking at that final score, you're like, woo, UConn got dominated. Mm, not quite. Men lie, women lie, and honestly, numbers lie too. They don't tell the whole story. The best way to describe this game is kind of a Mike Tyson quote. Mike Tyson once said that everybody has a plan until they punched in the mouth. And in this game, UConn had a plan. We got punched in the mouth. Baylor had a plan. We punched Baylor in the mouth too. For three quarters, it was a very even fight of everybody getting punched in the mouth and taking it and then returning one back to Cinder. And then we got into the fourth quarter and then things kind of went a little bit of haywire. But after one, UConn was up by five. It was 18-13. Going into the half, UConn lost that lead and trailed by one, 35-34. And this, all right. You're halftime, you're down by one, you're playing a top 16. Baylor was number six at the time. They'll probably bump up in the polls, maybe to number one. I doubt it. I honestly see Baylor sitting right around two, maybe three. I see Connecticut dropping to three, maybe four. There'll probably be a spot or so behind Baylor. At the most, there's no way Connecticut remains in front of Baylor. Despite both teams having the similar record of only having one loss, Connecticut's one loss is to Baylor. Baylor's one loss is to South Carolina that happened during Thanksgiving. So, as far as polls position goes, Connecticut will likely fall one or two spots behind Baylor at the absolute most. Back to the game. Connecticut is down 34-31 going into the half. It's a heavyweight fight. Everybody's expected this. It's living up to the hype. It's a competitive back-and-forth game. Cool. Down one, no biggie. That can get erased in a heartbeat in basketball. Third quarter, more haymakers and blows are being thrown. Both teams are giving their best shots. Everything is par for the course. Connecticut's trailing. Going to the end of the third quarter, there is a moment where Megan Walker had a chance to cut the lead down to one, and she missed a layup. Nine times out of ten, she hits that layup, no questions asked, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. As soon as you see her go up for it and the ball's leaving her hand, you can just turn your back, go ahead and count it. It's money in the bank. This one time, she misses it, and Gino slammed both his hands on the scores table out of frustration. And looking back at this game, this is the moment where Connecticut let things slip away, and Baylor saw it because going into the that up until that point, like I said, heavyweight matchup, everybody's throwing blows, things are nice and even. You look at what happened in the fourth quarter. Baylor came out in the fourth quarter and put up 19 points on Connecticut, to which Connecticut was only able to score six points in the fourth quarter. That is how the game gets out of hand and how it becomes a final score of 74 to 58. So, yeah, in a sense. Baylor beat us. They just straight up beat us. A Husky got into a fight with a Bear, and the Bear beat the Huskies behind. It is what it is. It happens. I said this from episode one, from the Notre Dame game, that Connecticut 
was going to run into a team like Baylor, like a Tennessee, like a Stanford. Somebody like that that is going to challenge them and that this team was going to have to figure some things out real quick and grow up on the spot. And unfortunately, against Baylor, they weren't quite able to get anything figured out and they ended up losing 74 to 58 at home. And you got to sit here and think, wow, can that get lost? Okay, that's not that common. But wow, Connecticut only put up 58 points and they lost by almost 20? What happened? Well, simply put, it was a lack of production. Throughout this whole entire season, the Lady Huskies have basically had almost everybody that's played has scored or the scoring has been spread out and even and relatively balanced. However, against Baylor, Irwin... She didn't put anything up. She played 32 minutes. She was 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 3 from three-point land. She's had her games where she hadn't scored or she just gave a little here, a little there. So it's not one of those where you're like, oh, where was your contribution? She normally makes plays the other in other ways without scoring. She's more of a playmaker and less of a scorer. However, Olivia Nelson, she played 23 minutes. She was 0 for 8 from the field. She gave us nothing. She normally averages right around 20 and 7 a game. So you're losing a huge chunk of your offense there when she's not scoring. And that, for I don't care how you put it, you don't have her points. That affects everybody. Everybody feels that load. I'm sorry, she came in averaging 13 points and 9.4 rebounds a game. Not quite the 20, but still the point remains. You, If you add, if she averages her 13 points, Connecticut loses still. They still lose. However, it's a three-point loss versus a 16-point loss. That makes a difference. If you lose a game by three and if you're just glancing at a box score, you're like, oh, man, so what happened? Somebody hit a buzzer beater or did somebody miss a game tying shot? Was it competitive? It looks like a it looks like it was a good game. I'm kind of mad I missed it. Compared to 74 to 58. Man, Baylor just blew the doors off them girls and just ran away with it. So the optics of it makes things look different when you are missing 13 points from a key player. And speaking of Miss Nelson, Gino made a quote after the game that said, She's a different breed. She'll get better. She'll get better. Next time we play this type of game, she will get better. And that is something that we as Husky fans are going to have to take solace and find comfort in, is that it was a growing pain. And that was going, and I've said that's going to be the theme of this season, is growing pains. Yeah, while we've literally blown the doors off of Every prior opponent, Notre Dame included, everything hasn't looked pretty. The DePaul game was not pretty. Parts of that Notre Dame game weren't pretty. They've had games that weren't pretty. So this is, again, a team, because you got to look at it. Team has averaged close to 13 turnovers a game. You have players that are stepping into new roles that they're not used to. Because there's no Katie Lou. 
There's no Collins. There's no all the heavy hitters. They're gone. So while you may have played last year coming off the bench or you were a starter but you weren't counted on, things change when it's like, all right, you're the focal point now. It's your show now. You're the offense. Hey, last year you gave us 7-5. and five. This year I need 13-10 and 10 from you. I need you to double your numbers. I need you to be twice as good as you were last year because now you're a key part. We need you to contribute. And, hey, I mean, it is what it is. You come to Connecticut for moments like this, for games like this, to be able to step up in a big moment on ESPN, regular ESPN, not ESPN 2, not ESPN 3, not ESPN Plus, not ESPN U, not ESPN Extra, not any other off-handed ESPN channel there was. This is primetime on a Thursday night, marquee matchup. These are the moments that you step on campus to stores for, that you put on the blue, that you have Huskies and UConn across your chest. These are the moments you either stand and deliver or you learn from them. For the most part, Megan Walker, she stood and delivered. She put in her best effort. Livia Nelson didn't quite stand and deliver. However, she will learn from this. She will get better. These are teachable moments. So while we lost the game, our end goal is still very achievable. Because I said at, I've said multiple times on these episodes, I don't care if we lose a game in the middle of the season. I would much rather drop one or two during the regular season than go undefeated and lose in the tournament. Because then I don't have a chance at redemption. If I lose in March on that road to the Final Four, I don't have a national title. That's the main goal going into this year is, hey, we want a national title. We have not won one in three years. If I drop one to Tennessee, if I drop one to Notre Dame, if I drop one to Baylor, if I drop one to Stanford, if I drop one to DePaul, hell, if I have a horrible off night and I drop one to Memphis, that doesn't matter as much as if I lose at the tournament because if I drop one in the middle of February or middle of January, I still got the rest of my season to get it back, to learn from it, to become better. If I get all the way into the tournament, to the Final Four, and I lose in the national semifinal game, or if I lose in the national title game, that's it. It's one and done. My season is over. I don't have a national championship. I got to sit here and watch somebody else cut down a net and achieve their goal when that should have been us. So, yes, we lost to Baylor at home on national TV by almost 20. It sucks. It is what it is. And honestly, it was the first real test of the season. By this point, normally we'd have played a top five team. However, the way the schedule shook out, we didn't have anybody. So Baylor was our first test. And for three quarters, it looked like these women were up to it. They were handling it. They were hanging in there. They were throwing their punches. They were taking the punches. And then the fourth quarter, Baylor went on a run, and we just missed shots that we normally don't miss. And even Baylor's head coach made a statement of, we didn't do anything different in the fourth quarter. Fatigue set in, or our defense was that good in the fourth quarter. We're going to guard you, man. Don't think there's any secret about it. I like to tell you we made a change, and I was a genius. Close quote. That was his quote. He literally, sitting here stating, did not do anything different. 
Just that simple. And I'm sorry, she, not he, I misspoke. That's Kim Mulkey. My apologies. She didn't she didn't do anything different. Her own words. Real simple. We played them the way we played them for three quarters. For whatever reason, in the fourth quarter, they couldn't hit. And that is exactly the story of the game. And honestly, that is basketball in a nutshell. You can be hot. You can be good. You can be relatively consistent for three quarters. But if you go cold and that other team starts to heat up, it will become a very long night for you and three points will turn around into 18 points before you know it. You will look up at that scoreboard and go, whoa, we were just within a bucket. What happened? And that is what happened. Baylor blitzed us. We couldn't hit shots. We couldn't stop them. They pulled away in the fourth quarter. Kudos to them. Congratulations on your win. We'll see you in the tournament. I don't care if it's the Final Four or National Title Game. We will see you again. We'll get our receipt back. And what's interesting about this loss to Baylor is that, for whatever reason, Baylor just seems to be the team that likes to end all of our streaks. Because for those of you that might not be aware, last year, the Lady Huskies were on a 126-game regular season winning streak. Because we couldn't, you know, we haven't won a national title in three years, so we've lost in the dance. But during the regular season, we just beat everybody up. So for 126 straight games, we could not be beat during the regular season. And here comes Baylor last year, and there goes that streak. This year, Baylor takes the trip on up to the XL Center in Hartford. Hey, we had a 98-game home win streak on the line. What does Baylor do? Man, forget your streak. We're going to take this one too back with us to wake up. They beat us. We were one victory short of tying our own record 99 in a row at home. And it happens, man. It happens. And what's really interesting about this loss to Baylor, Connecticut hasn't had this bad of a loss since they lost to LSU back in the 2007 tournament. And that was a 23-point loss. So Connecticut doesn't get blown out that often. And we don't lose at home that often either. Matter of fact, speaking of blowouts and losing at home, the worst it's also the worst home loss since 2005 when they lost to North Carolina by, fittingly enough, 23 points. There seems to be a theme here with the number 23 and having horrible losses. And there's also a theme with Baylor ending our streaks. It is what it is. There's always a stat for everything in sports. Always. So, hey, it's Baylor. We lost. On to the next one. The next one is Houston. If I'm the Lady Cougars, don't don't make that trip to Connecticut. Just, just stay in Houston. Because something tells me that the Lady Huskies and Gino are going to be very angry and are going to be looking to prove a point. And they're going to come out and probably smack Houston in the mouth. And ugh, it might be one of those trademark Connecticut beatdowns where the game, where Connecticut ends up winning by 40 or so, but the game was honestly over at halftime. So that's looking forward to the Houston game. Once that game happens, like always, I'll be right here to break it down. We'll see how that goes. But with Baylor, 
I don't have too much to say. It was a loss. It's it's annoying. It's disappointing because you want to run the table. But again, like I said, I would rather lose in the regular season and win a national title than run the table and lose in the national title game. And like Coach Oriyama has said, matter of fact, he had a quote after the game as well that said, quote, you know, we have a really young team in terms of being able to play in this kind of game. They don't know how to play in this kind of game. Fourth quarter, we got four stops in a row, and we came out empty-handed in all four possessions. Had we scored in three of those possessions, we might have won the game. Close quote. Very true statement. Like I've said, this is a young team that is forcing that people are having to step up into roles that they're not familiar with. So, hey, Megan Walker, Williams, Nelson, Irwin, all of you women on the team, learn from this. Use this as motivation to get better, to be better. Keep this in your mind and be like, hey, we got another extra little side goal here. We're going to just add Baylor to the list of goals. National title, get a receipt against Baylor. And we have, we're likely to have that chance the way the brackets are projected. We'll probably see Baylor national semifinals or in the national title game itself. If one of us isn't knocked off beforehand, if I'm a betting man, Baylor, you're going to get knocked off before we will. But, hey, that's projecting. That's looking forward. Let's just stay here and just cover, wrap up a couple more things from this game real quick. Baylor, solid night. Can't be mad at them. They had even scoring from all their scores. Connecticut, like I said, everybody played, but yet you had multiple players who contributed nothing in terms of scoring. And that hurts, even if it's players that you're not that you used to not scoring. Having them contribute nothing when you're not getting contributions from people you normally do, you really feel that because now you're like, whoa, I just realized you don't, contribute as much as I thought you did in terms of scoring. And I'm noticing that because she's off tonight and you're off tonight. So you being off really hurts more because normally if she's on and you're off, it kind of offsets itself and we don't feel that pressure. So congrats, Baylor. You won one. Lady Huskies, learn from it, grow from it. Us as fans, um, I don't know how to cope with a loss like this, honestly. It, it they don't come that often where we get blown out. I've learned how to cope with the heartbreaking losses. Thanks, Notre Dame. I greatly appreciate it over the years because that that's how Connecticut loses. It's a buzzer beater. It's a team pulling away and just squeaking by at the end. Things that break your heart that you go, wow. So we could that you start looking and picking apart games that you're like, wait, if we would have just hit a play here, hit the back door instead of swinging it, for the three, we would just hit the backdoor cutter. We could have took the two points. That may have helped out a little bit more. We could have had some momentum going with us, so on and so forth. And yeah, those are the types of games that I'm used to losing as a Connecticut fan. Sitting here getting my doors blown off at home, not used to it. If you guys happen to know anybody who's a fan of a team that has this happen to them, I won't say any names, <clears throat> Notre Dame, could you please let me know how you cope with this? So that way I can learn from this and process it and become better too. Because like Gino said, we'll get better. She'll get better. We will all be better because of this. 
And honestly, that's all we can do is just be better. Better, 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 better. That will be the motto going forward. Better. Before we get out of here real quick, I want to just take a quick look at the box score. The Lady Huskies shot 29% from the field. You're not going to win too many games shooting 29% from the field. I don't care who you play. You shot 31% from three-point land, and then you shot 63% from the foul line. Again, 29% from the field and 63% from the foul line. You're not going to win too many games, man. It doesn't matter who you play. You're just not going to win that many games. And what's interesting is you're really not going to win that many games when your opponent, Baylor in this case, shoots 45% from the field, 33% from three-point land, and 81% from the line. Baylor was 13-16 from the line. Connecticut was 10-16 from the line. Those three points, they make a difference in a tightly contested game. In a blowout, you're like, whatever. However, if you look at this game and you see that it was a three-point difference going into the fourth quarter, let's just assume that Baylor missed all their foul shots. Let's just assume that you ignore the fourth quarter and you just look and you see Baylor is 13-16, Connecticut is 10-16. Oh, man, those three points, if Connecticut would have hit three shots, then yeah, it's a tie game. It's a whole other game going into the fourth quarter. I understand that some of those foul shots came in the fourth quarter that affected the bottom numbers, but you just have to look at things like this where you're like, okay, let's ignore this blowout of a quarter. And let's just kind of focus and be like, oh, this was really tightly contested. So if nothing in the fourth quarter happens, and you look at the stat line, you're like, all right, here, here's a point, here's a turnover, slightly different game. And speaking of turnovers, for a team that averages about 13 a game, Connecticut only turned the ball over 10 times. You can't be mad at that. Baylor turned the ball over 10 times as well. Connecticut had two blocks. Baylor had five blocks. Connecticut only had eight assists. So shots weren't falling. It's not that the ball was sticking in people's hands. Shots just weren't falling. Megan Walker, 5 of 20. Williams, 8 of 17. Dangerfield, 6 of 16. Nelson, 0 for 8. Like we said, she contributed nothing. She had nothing for us. And it's okay because these moments are big moments. And people that can sit there and tell you, Oh, it's, oh! who cares if it's a big game? You should be able to perform. It's just another regular game, right? No. No, man. Stakes are high. Higher stakes, more pressure. You have to learn how to handle those situations and play in them. It's just like if you're at work working on something and your boss goes, Hey, I need this done by 12 o'clock. It is 1030 right now. Oh, by the way, when I say I need this done by 12 o'clock, I mean, really mean I need this done by like 1145. Because I got to send this to my boss so they can send it to their boss. And unfortunately, I need you to do it because I got something else to do. How are you going to perform in that situation when you're not used to having to get something done last minute under the gun with a lot of extra pressure? It's the same concept for basketball. These players, they're young. They're not used to stepping into big moments. Like Chino said, I know I'm repeating myself, but because this is such a key thing for this, that it's a big moment. You have to learn how to play in big moments. This is a game that they should be able to learn how to play in big moments from. Time will only tell. And the first chance that we will really get a chance to look and see if Connecticut 
actually learned how to play in a big moment, in a big matchup, you can make the argument that it'll be fittingly enough. That team from down south that happens to wear orange and is from Tennessee. Yes, the Lady Vols, they see them on the 23rd of January, 7 p.m. on ESPN, another primetime matchup. It's going to be a big game. Tennessee is currently ranked number 23. This is also a rivalry game. This is that learning to play in big moments. It's the renewal of a rivalry, which is arguably the most highly contested, spicy, entertaining rivalry where it's the programs don't like each other, but more so it was the two coaches that weren't particularly fond of each other but had a mutual respect for each other. And we're going to dive deeper into the Connecticut-Tennessee rivalry the closer we get to that game. But that will probably be the first moment that you can really see if Connecticut learned how to play in big games, but the true test comes February 2nd against Oregon because Oregon's currently ranked number two, and if I'm a betting person, Oregon will be a top three team when we see them. So that is the game you circle on your calendar and you reference back to the Baylor game to see how they played and compared and if they actually learned anything from it because if they did it, we're in for deep. We're in deep water with no life jacket, no life vest, no boat, no raft, no nothing. You're in the deep end and you're learning how to swim. And if they did learn from it, then it's like, all right, we're good. We're still par for the course. We're steady moving forward. We just had a little hiccup in the road. So Tennessee, Oregon, those are the two matchups that you want to look at in circle to see exactly what this Connecticut team really is. Because we saw the Baylor matchup. If we're calling that a test, which it was, and we're grading it, first three quarters, you get an A. At fourth quarter, missed shots, you had a few stops, we'll give you a C. Overall, we're giving the game a C-. minus. Like, you just got a C, son, like a 70. So, now, Tennessee, you hope for an A, a B. Oregon, you really want an A or a B. And honestly, it's not so much about the wins with Oregon. It's all about the win with Tennessee. It is a rivalry. I hope we blow Tennessee out by 50 and remind them that, hey, guys, we haven't forgot. We we still own you. Like, it's still a beatdown. Please come come back again. We'll see you next year, your place. We'll beat you down there, too. Like, don't, don't get things twisted here. We still run this. Oregon, we don't have that rivalry with them. So if we lose to Oregon, but we look better than we did against Baylor and we look more composed and it's one of those, oh, somebody hit a step back three and it hit the glass and banked in at the buzzer, I'll live with it. If we get blown out against Oregon, I have problems. If we beat Oregon, good. It's more so how we look in big moments. Tennessee, I need to win. If no if ands or buts about it, I want to win. Because if we lose to Tennessee, I don't care if Tennessee throws a three-quarter shot, Hail Mary, and it banks in off the glass, and they win by one. A loss to Tennessee is not a good loss, period, point blank. I don't care if they're on the rebound or building back up. It's like losing to Notre Dame. I don't care. I lost to Notre Dame. I don't care what happened. I lost. I shouldn't have lost to them. That's just how it is with Tennessee. So Tennessee, Oregon, those are the next two litmus tests. Then after Oregon, we have South Carolina, 
And that's it before the tournament as far as significant major tests. Because no disrespect to the American Athletic Conference, but it's really just a bunch of cupcakes to borrow a college football term. There's nobody that can do too much threaten Connecticut because Connecticut hasn't lost a single game in the American Athletic Conference since joining the conference. I believe it's 100 plus games with a win. If I'm wrong, comment guy, please let me know. Or any listeners or anything, hey, hashtag believe UConn be like, well, actually, sir, it was only 98 games, but I see what you were doing. You were counting in advance. Whatever. Point is, Connecticut hadn't lost its joining the American Athletic Conference. We're leaving soon to go back to the Big East. Might as well leave with a clean slate. So, that is it for this week. Baylor, you won. Congratulations. Enjoy your moment. We're coming for a receipt. We'll see you in the tournament. <sighs> Houston, I'm sorry, but you're next on the schedule. You you might just get a Connecticut beatdown coming to you. As far as everybody else goes, just remember, we're UConn. You're not. Bleed blue. We're the best. Till next time, I'm your host, Jacob Lawrence. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore Jake Della. And also give Believe a follow as well at Believe Podcast. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.